everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJMike, and I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJMatt. Mike, we're back with episode 32 coming yeah. right off of Valentine's Day. We're going to kick off the show with the top five things we love about the New York Jets. It could be throughout the history, right? It doesn't have to be a current. Anything. Anything. Anything you love about the Jets. So I, I think Mike has won the past two top fives after I won the first four. Yeah, I was I off believe. To a slow start. So Mike, what do we want here? Do you want to go first? Do you want to? How do you want to do the order here? Oh, we didn't even decide. You go first. I think I went first the last couple of times. Okay. So number one for me, it might be a reach, but it means a lot to me, and I'll tell you why. I'm taking the 2009 and the 2010 New York Jets. Was yes. that your number one pick? It was like it kind of, but I could. <laughs> Here's why. I think it's really fascinating connecting with different people of different ages on Jets Twitter. So for Mike and I, born in the mid-90s, we take great pride and love for the 2009-2010 team. We watched the, the Pennington years. We watched Favre, and we were probably really into the 08 season compared to years before that. But it never really felt like we knew all the players. We watched every second of every game. We were into it in 2009-2010. Now, if you meet people who are born in early 2000s, 2015 is their year, which is really tough going to be a fan and loving a team and only having one year that you didn't even make the playoffs. And then you go further back. When you're in your mid-30s right now, the early Pennington and the, the late Vinny years, those were like the prime times to be a Jet fan. So it's very cool to look at the different age demographic and where they started to fall in love with the team. Like, 09 and 10, I'm sorry I took it from you, but I know you yeah, love that. Yeah, that's my favorite. Dude, I'll never forget. I was, 2009, the Jets lost the Falcons to go to, they were 7-6. and six. They lost the Falcons 10-7. to seven. They were 7-7. Seven and seven. Rex Ryan said the Jets were mathematically eliminated. Very disturbing. You know, they end up beating the, the Colts and Bengals making the playoffs. Just, oh, never forget. Dude, seeing when they, the Jets in the hunt and then in the sixth spot. And actually, they were the fifth seed of the playoffs that year. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. My All favorite right. memory from that playoff run was in 2010 when they beat the Colts. In the playoffs. In the playoffs. I was at my buddy's house. His dad, he's a big dude. And his my other friend's dad is another big dude. Probably combined like 580 pounds. And after the game, they did a Jets chant where they're like bumping bellies. And he lifts them off the ground. They fly back like the weight and gravity just took over. They hit the TV box set. The TV comes flying off the wall. Glass table breaks. Unbelievable moment. I had it on a video on my phone, which was like pixelated. You couldn't even see the video. And I still wish I had to this day. But incredible memories from that entire playoff run. Mike, give me your number one pick now that I took yours. My number one pick is Darrell Rivas. Darrell yep. Rivas is my guy. My regular Twitter handle has Rivas in it. Uh... I don't want to say what it is because I always like my tweets and it's kind of lame. <laughs> but Darrell Rivas is my guy those years. I mean, I I was obsessed with this guy. Every password I have, every email I have, everything I have is Rivas, Rivas, Rivas. Dude made me fall in love with football. It's my guy. I mean, I mean, oh, I, it's hard. I, I just picture back those years like – Having watching him play football, and then when that's why I never would say anything bad about Mike McCagney when the Jets re-signed mm-hmm. Revis in 2015. I didn't care what happened; it just was the best thing ever. Yeah, a few quick rapid-fire Revis. We were, found out he was traded to the Buccaneers 
in the basement of a temple studying for our SAT. Yes, Horrible we did. moment. You know how bad that was? Because, so, in 2012, Revis tore his ACL, so all my friends would give me shit, like, oh, I hope Revis gets hurt. I'm like, he's not going to get hurt. And then he tore his ACL. Boom. And then they're like, I hope Revis gets traded. I'm like, they're not going to trade Revis. And then they trade him to the Bucks. And then they're like, I hope he gets, he goes to the Pats. I'm like, he's not going to the Pats. He's going to stay. I hope he went to the Super Bowl with the Pats. Went to oh, Super Bowl. went to the Super Bowl with the Pats. But then he came back. Thank God We're, he came back, because it would have been hate, so jaded. If I could go back and tell, you know, 13 year old well, how old were we back then we were like i don't 13, even know i think we were 14 13 14. oh when Reeves got traded we were like 50 we were in high school so if we tell that that person because we were planning on burying our Reeves jerseys in the backyard and we never did it yeah. and how funny the optic would have been of unburying those jerseys digging them up dude oh, would have been incredible Reeves is great he took away an entire side of the football field there's a reason why when he got traded mike tried to make his email milner 24 i believe I, tr- and I tried to make it like milner like i don't know wh- i didn't know what number he was so i just picked a random number it's like then, milner yeah. what was he 27 yeah he was 27 we didn't love that pick we thought it was like interesting and then when mel kuiper started talking about the, his injuries and how he's had three surgeries he's not even like 21 yet we knew that was a problem but good pick yeah man. we would have lo- we would have loved him Doesn't are we matter. snake drafting or am i up so i get to go why do you get to go twice it's you bullshit. go you go. I get to go, no? Yeah, you okay, snake you draft, you go. 20, 2009. I'm going to go number two, and you definitely have this one. Watching the game with the boys. Damn it. <laughs> it was on the list. It was on the list. And specifically the boys, when we go to your house and watch the game, it's yeah. the best time. Dude, me, you, my dad, we got Tommy. Tommy was and on the podcast. We have four other friends who are watching their team play on their laptop because we won't yeah. even let them change the channel even during a commercial. It's that intense. And I can't wait to get our own house one day. And we're going to legit have like unreal. We'll probably switch every week, but we'll holy caves. shit. Oh, my voice is cracked. Jesus Christ. We can't wait. I and Zach, who just trolls us, who's a Jets fan. Zach is going to, we're going to bring Zach once. If they do end up moving Darnold, which we can talk about later, Zach is going to be back to being a good Jet fan. Well, we have to decide who we're going to, if the, when the Jets make the Super Bowl, who we're going to watch it with and where. We, had, have, we have a thing where we would say we would watch it at our own house and then meet halfway on like Route Nine and like run. And I'm like, uh, why would we watch the game together? Like high school, us were were mad dumb, but we we would, we would watch it in one of our basements in the dark with like four people. I don't want, yeah, I don't want no offense, like us. A, a handful of our Howl friends, and you know who they are. Like I'm fine with like John. Like John is always one that's just a standard. <laughs> He's not gonna like rip the tide. He's gonna enjoy the game with us. But yeah, it's going to be a tough list. Like my friends from college are probably going to be like, "Oh, I can't wait to watch like the Jets play a Super Bowl with you." I'm like, "You're not going to no fucking way. be there. <laughs> like, no you're way. not going to be there." You're not even going to come within. I'm going to build like a moat around the house. Okay, so this could be a kill shot for me going next two picks back to back. Number number two, I'm going with MetLife tailgating. So yeah, tailgating I, at I, MetLife. I, uh, fuck. That you know, if when we get there, I talk about it way too much, but when we get there at nine fifteen. Crack open the first Bud Light, throw the football, get a handful of potato chips, and just rip beers until like 11.30 noon, a fireball shots, enjoying the time with all the boys. And then you're like, oh shit, game time. We have a whole other game that we can enjoy. So you're there for the purpose of enjoying the game, and you forget about the game for probably 80% of the tailgate, and then you're like, holy shit. And you talk to this guy, Bob, who's been a Jet fan since like 1962. He was at like Jets Raiders 1993, like yeah. six. 
he's like and, and then you're trying to talk to him you think he's like a good fan you're like dude do you think like like what do we got here It'd be like a 2013 game and we're just like who's like the best player on your team and he's like oh kyle wilson's gonna be nuts this year and you're like all right i don't i don't really value your opinion as much anymore love a good jets tailgate number three that's oh, that's tough number three is jets twitter so the entire my whole i take your whole draft whole list. I'm the back back picks were huge um jets yeah. twitter the reason Mike and I made our Twitter is we're, we saw a lot of negativity and not a lot of good takes based on fact. And we're like, hey, let's join, make our own Twitter only for Jets. We've, we've been on Jets Twitter for a decade now, but we didn't have a, our own account to really talk about only Jets stuff. So we made one and we weren't even trying to be like comedic in the beginning. We just wanted to put out good takes. And then slowly we started to like put funny content out and then it blew up from there. So being on Jets Twitter, I love 99% of you. 1%, even if we have disagreeing takes, some people are just maniacs. And I love to like engage with those people and be like, he's like, dude, your posts suck. I'm like, dude, thank you. Like, I, like my, you're my guy. I like love talking to people like that. Jets Twitter is easy, easily a top three pick in this draft. I know you were probably going tailgating in Jets Twitter coming up. I'm excited to see was number three for me. Yeah, I don't know where so you're going to go now. I'm going to go with my number three now are the 1998 to 2010 jerseys. Oh, those uniforms. The, the Parcells uniforms are, again, we started watching football in that time span. I just, when I think about the Jets, I think about the the all whites, the green and white. Man, I wish they didn't move on from those jerseys. The more I think about it. Tough. But Tough. the new uniforms, we just need something good to happen because we just have bad memories associated with these uniforms. Mm-hmm. Nothing good happened yet. Yeah, I wish oh, they kept the old ones. These? Keep the old ones, maybe move the logo, change the logo a little bit, make it like more of a throwback, and then add a black jersey. How hard would that be to do? Yeah, what did we it start wearing these in 2019? Last year, right? All we've seen is Adam Gase with these stupid uniforms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Good pick. All right. And then my number four will be imitating Jets players. So when we're throwing the football, nothing makes me happier than yelling Santonio and putting my feet Next to a, drag, line. a little toe drag, do a little toe tap, give a little toe. I'll, I'll do so. I'll say Sanchez, throw the ball to the sideline, you know, a little bit of uh, you know, like Thomas Jones, Thomas do a little, Jones, he's going to a full sprint, full sprint. Thomas Jones, it's a nothing, nothing makes me happier throwing the football, yelling out Jets players, imitating them. I, it's just, it's just part of my life. Like, it my life wouldn't be the same if I couldn't do that. Yeah, anytime a football is being thrown by two people not associated with Mike and I, he will run up, pick it off, and yell Revis and start running with it. I would say 50% of the time that people laugh and enjoy it. The other half are like, dude, can we have our football back? Like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, let's be clean here. Like, what are we doing? I don't know if I could do that anymore. (laughs) Good pick. pick. Um, You have two in a row now. Shit. I mean, that's what happened to you the first pick. You you had two and three on your board. You had, I ended up. I, I've had my entire list right now, and I have my top five. Nothing has been has been taken from me. Well, in my top five, my honorable yeah. mentions have been taken. The boys were were up there. I'm going with the guarantee Ooh. and the finger point by name it. And the reason yeah. I do is a lot of bad franchises, and you can make the argument the Jets are a bad franchise in the NFL. The Browns don't have a signature moment like that. You won a lot of things before it was even the NFL. The Lions don't have a signature moment like that. Uh, there's so many teams that we get compared to. The, the Jets winning that Super Bowl and the, having the second biggest upset at the time 
the biggest upset in sports history for a championship game. You win that game, and they merge the NFL because of it. And you have the guy that said before it, I guarantee we're going to win that game. Awesome moment, the finger point and all. I go, we watch the game. Like I go back and watch that game and highlights from it. Like the team around them, and I have an autograph, even though it's like fake replica signatures, autograph of that entire team. You just look up and down. You're like, holy shit, these guys are like famous Jets legends. And like 15 of them were on one team. And that was for a reason. You go through the 70s, you can find like one or two people. So it's that guarantee is definitely up there for me. Dude, yeah, you said 12 teams have never won a Super Bowl. So it's so frustrating when fans are like, I don't know, fans are like Super Bowl or bust all the time. Because if the Jets make the playoffs, let's say the Jets make the playoffs next year and they lose in a divisional game, people will just say, same old Jets. Mm -hmm. Same old Jets. No, it's not. Just like 12 teams have never won. Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls. The NFL, look, it's it's tough. It's a tough league. It's a quarterback-driven league. You know, so if we want, if the Jets fans want to say, oh, we're so miserable, there's literally 12 teams that are factually more miserable than the Jets. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then finally, I'm wrapping out. And this is a weird one. It's very, and this kind of goes into that theme we just talked through. I like the underdog throw of the Jets. I like Uh being at the, the underdog of, oh, like the Jets, same old Jets. And then we going, we go out there and we beat the Patriots in a week 16 game that matters. We go to Foxborough and win a playoff game. We beat Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in back-to-back weeks. Like Stuff like that, having that underdog thrill, is the reason why it is going to be so damn good. When not only we, like, when we win the AFC East, like when we make the playoffs as a wildcard team, that's going to feel great because we went through a decade of nothing. When we win the AFC East in two or three years, that's going to mean something. We get to the conference championship game again for the first time since 2010, going to mean something. And the Super Bowl is a thousand times more meaningful than us than it is to a goddamn Patriots fan. It's just a fact. So the it's, underdog thrill is is my pick at number five. It's an interesting thing in sports because you're right. Going forwards, things will matter more to us because our past is more disturbing. We're gonna we're gonna be happier. It's just a fact, and it's pro and it's probably you know we rather would have had good times than not to make the playoffs the last ten years. But it will be that much sweeter when we do win, and we will. Is, it, win. is this a weird analogy? But it's like if. If Ryan Gosling went to a bar and pulled tens every week, he starts losing the thrill of that. If we have a a, a ant looking guy like us, if we hypothetically one of our friends who's single goes to the bar, gets struck out nine weeks in a row, and then finds like a ten, like that's going to mean more, more than, satisfying than, than Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Like you have one pick left. Uh, I have one I, more. Yeah. Do you have a guess? You want? What were you going to say? I think. I have a, I thought you were going to maybe attack the color schemes. I knew you were going to take the jerseys at one point. I don't, I don't know where you're going to go with this one. My last pick was, is now the 2010 divisional win over the Patriots. Good pick. Because, you know, just that game, that's the most satisfying single game I've watched of any sporting event. So it's different. You know, the baseball, obviously the Mets went to the World Series, which was great. Mm-hmm. And the Mets mm-hmm. swept the Cubs. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is oddly less... I guess less satisfying than if it was like a seven game series and like a game seven, the Mets kind of won. And yep. so I would go with the 2010 division round over the Patriots. You just, you kind of brought it up before, but evil empire, not supposed to win that game, lost 45 to three in the regular season. Probably like, you know, our favorite jets team, 2010 team thought we were going to go to the super bowl. Uh, 
I mean, most Jets fans under the certain age would probably say it's their favorite game. Because mm-hmm. even the 98, when the Jets beat the Jaguars in the divisional round, not the same appeal. Like the Jaguars were a newer franchise and uh, kind of were expected to win that game. This was whew, the 2010 game. and th- I mean, that's the game. We've rewatched that game like 15, 20 times. It, I know yeah. we play every snap. Just oh. great game. And oh. I, I actually disagree with the fact that you can't look at that game and not think about the Steelers game in the following week. Like I, I'm able to take that game by itself and enjoy how amazing that was. Yeah. And the Steelers game the following week, I know we talk about it. I know it's a take of mine that who knows that the Jets, like it's a foregone conclusion that people think the Jets automatically score next drive. Also, I was thinking about the other day, it's 24-19 and the Steelers are ahead of midfield on a third and four. Like who says they're not going to go for it there on fourth down if, if it's an incomplete pass? It's another... Yeah. Different, different era, though. Different era. I don't. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they're going to do it or not. And Mike Tomlin's kind of aggressive, so maybe. Right. But. So my point is on that game, a little bit over the top with people thinking we automatically score. But we don't automatically. Yeah. Right. Even if they punt it, what do we have the ball? Like the ten yard line. We have to go ninety yards against the Steelers defense with like two and a half minutes left. But. That was a good draft, Mike. How are we feeling from your perspective? Uh, I feel good. I feel sad now. I want. I feel nostalgic. I just want something good to happen. Hey, I think we're in a good spot. And, and let's move and transition to what is happening now. The rumors about Darnold, I think that is all up in the air. We're not going to find out for potentially another month now. So I, I want to focus on a different area and focus on the report of Jameson Crowder potentially being a cap cut. I think you're going to be surprised by my take. Okay. And I want to see what you think first. Look, it depends. It, there's the Jets roster is in such flux right now that first of all, if Sam Donald's the quarterback, you need to bring Jameson Crowder back because right. Crowder has the most. Sam and Crowder very good rapport. It's been very successful. There's been a lot made of Darnold and Mims not having this like the best connection through the first couple of games, but Darnold and Crowder don't have that problem. Crowder has been very effective with Darnold. He had 300 yard games to start the season with Sam. Actually, one of them was with Flacco, but, uh, you know, he came on, he faded a little bit in the middle of the year. The Jets just didn't have that consistent offense, but then he, you know, put it back together late down the stretch. In the two Jets wins, he had six for 66, seven for 92 and a touchdown. I love Crowder. I get if the Jets want to cut him because you have to fill 11 to 10 to 11 spots on this team. You probably have to fill with starters, that is. So, look, if the Jets are going to go out and draft a guy, if they're going to go out and try to sign Allen Robinson, I get it. It's tough to pay Crowder $10 million and then go pay Allen Robinson $20 million. So if the Jets are going to, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. And I, and if, if it takes cutting a slot receiver who's making, you know, $10 bucks, I get it. But I'd rather them not. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. You look at Crowder over the Adam Gase era in the, final, the past two years, he's been one of – three consistent players. I believe him, May, and Foley have been consistent guys over those two years. You can make the argument Hewitt, but he did miss four games. But Crowder missed four games in 2020, and he still was top 10 in both catches and touchdowns for slot receivers. So if he plays four games, maybe he's at that elite level that he competed at in 2019. The thing about the contract is it is if the Jets cut him, they get $10 million back automatically. There's, there's like $1 million of dead money. So you do get $10 million back. 
I would keep Crowder. I think you want to reward a guy who's playing out his contract and playing out well. And the only stability you have at the wide receiver position, you don't know what your game with Denzel Mims next year. It's, in my opinion, I think Denzel Mims, to the fault of the coaching staff and the quarterback play, didn't have a and injuries, obviously. Didn't have the rookie year we all wanted. But you can't go into next year saying he's automatically going to be a number two receiver for the rest of your for the next five years. I can't make that commitment now. So if you don't bring back Crowder and Mims isn't playing at a 800, five touchdown, 50 plus catches pace guy, I'm pretty, um, it, you're at the receiver position. It's the same shit we've been going through for the past four years, five years. So it's very scary. Now, the reason why I wouldn't cut Crowder and bring him back is you can use not only the money you have in free agency to not target Allen Robinson, who wants 20 million, get one of the middle tier guys and then use a potential pick later in the draft. I don't think you use a top three pick that you have on a receiver if you bring back Crowder. But if Crowder is cut, then it opens the avenue that you need to take a receiver, in my opinion, early on, if you don't get that Godwin Robinson guy. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot, There's of, a lot of guys, but... You, you, have full, you have Fuller, you have Juju, you have... I'm not sold on Will Fuller, and I... I've There's just a lot of guys. There's a lot right. of... Time. I get nervous that people think the Jets are going to keep Crowder, give $20 million to Allen Robinson... Keep Mims, obviously, and then take Don't a receiver at 23 or 34. You can't do it with all the holes in this roster. And I'm, I'm the one who's preaching you need to get weapons in here. It is going to be an interesting move what they do for Crowder. I tweeted out a Crowder appreciation post because I do think he's been a great Jet, and I'd love to see him back. But if they cut Crowder, as long as they do the moves that we just suggested, it isn't going to be the Jets are so dysfunctional while they cut the best player that they have on offense so on and so forth. And he's done that, remember, with very shoddy quarterback play, the worst offensive coach in the NFL, and a bottom 10-0 line every year with not a lot of weapons around him. So I, I give him a lot of credit for what he's done, and I do think he's deserving of a $10 million contract. The problem is, you mentioned, there's so many holes elsewhere. Do you get that money recouped and do something with it? You know, the Jets have to be careful. Crowder was on a 16-game pace for 78 catches, 930 yards, 8 touchdowns. Denzel Mims was on a pace for 39 catches for 630 yards and no touchdowns. So if you're going to anoint Denzel Mims, you know, your number two guy, your number one guy, uh, it's dangerous because what else, you know, Perryman is, you know, who knows if he's going to be back, but who cares? He's not going to be the number one guy again. Even he might be the fourth guy. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't want to just throw crowd. I don't trust Braxton Berrios to be our number or slot guy. And look, the whole problem with last year was that the Jets, a lot of the time had a lack of skill position players and everyone said, Oh, the big three receivers. When the big three of your team is, is Crowder, Brashad Perryman and a rookie Denzel Mims is not the most, you know, frightening thing in the world. So yeah, you gotta be careful with that. And, and just like the jets moved on probably prematurely, prematurely from Robbie Anderson. And I wanted, I didn't want Robbie Anderson mm-hmm. so much for that contract. I would have done it, but we said all offseason, I don't want to give the guy 12, 13 million. The guy's a fucking idiot who doesn't know how to speak, who doesn't win 50, doesn't win 50, 50 balls. He's not the Just greatest gonna, character, dude. And he said, he's going to come in a while. The cop's wife's eye is a piece of shit. Who, but for 9 million, we would take him. Absolutely. 9 million, I'll take our, him done. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's, that's our and argument. Look, the, the guy and, and the Jets didn't use him the way the Panthers did, which is fine. The, you know, Robbie had 95 catches last year, about 1100 yards. Um, and he was disappointing in his last year with the Jets. So we'll see. I, We'll see what the Jets do. I would be cautious to move on, like you said, from one of our three guys of the last two years who has been consistently a normal, good football player. Hasn't caused problems. 
plays well, does the right things, and he's productive, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes. And bringing a guy like Brian Poole back would be awesome. I keep hearing the Jets aren't going to bring back Poole, but why? What is what is that? Uh, I just keep seeing random reports. I don't know what the. Well, what you're going to hear on Jets Twitter is the I think the boring take is oh Javale and Gertie played well the final five weeks. He's automatic your slot guy. I don't know. I'm not willing to go that route yet. But if you can do the same thing with Poole, where you, you, where they bring back one year's five million, one year's seven yeah, million. Yeah, five million was the contract. So if you bring, if you bring him back on like a two years, thirteen million dollar deal, and then Gertie gets to learn behind him, Poole gets hurt and dehydrated before camp, like always, Gertie can step right in and be a good, a good replacement. And that's what we feel about Bless Austin too. Bless Austin and Gertie, I think, are poised to make a run, not only be the number one backup at their respective position. But if someone goes down, then they can go out and prove that they can be a starter. So the Jets, the cornerback depth is fine. They just need the one guy, right? You need that one dude, and Pierre Desir was going to be that dude, and he sucked. So who is that guy now? Is it Sherman? You got to go defense? out and get someone. You got to go out and get someone. You could draft someone at 23. You could. You, you, you the, could trade back from right. two and get another. You have the eighth and then the 23 and take the certain guy. You could. You could sign Richard Sherman. For some think, reason, the U Stadium account tweeted at me that the Jets are not signing Richard Sherman. I don't know what the fuck they know. Well, but, yeah. So <laughs> U Stadium, sources. U Stadium's okay. I, I'm. I like I, U Stadium. I do. Nick, I, Nick, Nick's a good dude. I feel, I feel yeah. like they're doing an okay job over there. I don't think they have the sources to make that foregone conclusion. Richard Sherman yeah. did like a tweet that Salah on the hire, but he also liked to tweet that the New York tax is really high. So I don't really care about that news. 23 cornerback is a very interesting pick. You have a guy like J.C. Horn from South Carolina that can fall there. I don't think you look at the list of players that are now mocked in the top 20 before the Jets pick. A lot of offensive tackles moving up there. A handful of receivers are moving up there. You yeah, can so have mock the Jets take this. Uh, who's the other tackle than Sewell? It's some guy from like a weird there's, school. There's a few guys. You can have Slater out of Northwestern, I That's believe. That's who it is. That's what I'm talking about. You have Cosme out of Texas. And Sam Cosme, he's like, I think 6'8", like another monster who might fit better at right tackle, they've been saying. So it's Why are we allowed to take him, but we can't take Sewell at two? People are... Because this whole... Like, the thing with the Ravens, the Orlando Brown is their right tackle, and he's pissed. He wants to play left tackle. Right. But, I guess it's just he wants to get paid more, technically. At no, that. I get it. I understand why the guy wants to play left tackle, but a lot of people are, you know... Let's say the Jets take... I would still take Sewell at two if the Jets... I wouldn't be mad if they did that, you know? I'd be much happier if the Jets take Sewell at two than... Uh, drafting Zach Wilson. I'd rather have Sewell and Darnold than Zach Wilson and the late whatever. I think the Jets two. are in a cool spot, though, because at 23, think of who is going in the top 22. They think maybe five quarterbacks, automatically four, maybe five quarterbacks can go up there. What happened in the Super Bowl, recently biased, people need to get tackles because they see how important it is. A run on tackles, three or four might go. A handful of guys that you know are going to go. Like get some Sertain. sick corner. Right, this. right. Yeah. So Sertain is likely going to go in the top 20. Other positions, Gregory Rousseau could drop, who's a guy that I absolutely love at edge. Insane, He's the yeah. monster who had like 15 sacks and took the year off. I'm really excited for... I think people need to look at who is going in the top 20 that then can give you three or four guys that fall to you at 23. That is a huge factor in this draft and why quarterbacks going is really important. If the Jets decide to trade back, so the Jets move yeah. back to eight, which is a very popular mock right now of the Panthers moving up. Maybe at eight, you can attack that Devontae Smith guy. You can t attack Jamar Chase. You can attack Patrick Sertain. And then do something at 23 and still have another two, a future one, a future two that you can back up on. It's very, 
everyone is saying the Jets are taking a quarterback, and I get why they're saying it. But you know how much Joe Douglas loves draft picks, and I keep saying it. People think that Joe Douglas, his job is on the line this year. It is not on the line. If he brings back Darnold and Darnold does not perform well, Christopher Johnson and Woody Johnson are going to give him the opportunity to take his own quarterback in year four of his, of his contract. It's going to happen. There's no one firing Joe Douglas. If the Jets bring back Darnold, and in the worst-case scenario, after all the money they spend, the picks they spend, the Jets go 5-11, and 11, which I think is the worst-case scenario. Yeah. Darnold is gone. Douglas will have to get his quarterback, whether it be through trade or the draft, and he will be able to be that quarterback as a GM that year and the year after, and then he might be fired after year five. That's my opinion. Yeah, like you're 100% right, and you said it to me off-air the other day. There's been so much quarterback movement. It's unprecedented time to acquire a quarterback now, and the Jets have all the assets. So if you make a move back from two this year, you have so many assets. If the Jets really put themselves in a pickle and go 5-11 and 11 next year and have, like, the ninth pick, you're in a position where you could, you know, move up to take a quarterback. And and I say this all the time. When the Giants didn't take Darnold or whoever in the 2018 draft and they took Saquon Barkley, I said it was a mistake because that was a very good quarterback draft. And the guys that were projected to go high were very, very good prospects, and who knew who was going to be there the next year. Right. This time the Jets would be taking, and the reason is different with the Jets now, if they don't take a quarterback at two, is because the guys that are projected two, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, I don't think are the same caliber of guys as the quarterbacks in the 2018 draft. Maybe Fields is, or you mm-hmm. can make that argument, but Zach Wilson, there seems like there's going to be one of these guys almost every year, and similar to what the Giants took with Daniel Jones. Not a great football school in Duke. Uh, you know, they... Yep. People could say they reached. People said they reached at the time. There was the other guy, Dwayne Haskins, similar to a Justin Fields, who had a really good year in Ohio State mm-hmm. uh, that people thought were going to go early. The Giants jumped and took Daniel Jones. They said he's you know, their guy. The Jets could say Zach Wilson's our guy. I don't know. If you're telling me there's not another guy like Zach Wilson next year, who the fuck do I know? But yeah. I really, there's not going to be another guy. Like, look, Trevor Lawrence, I get. If you have Trevor Lawrence, you have to take that guy. You can't trade down. You can get the greatest package of all time for number one. You still take Trevor Lawrence. And we argued this for a little bit. And then, you know, once Darnold really faltered, we said we would take Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Now it's like we really have to ruin. We have, we're in such a good spot. Teams like this Wilson guy. You can get a haul. You could fix the whole roster. We have so many, so many assets. You could really, 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 you know, put together – a slate of draft picks over the next two, three years that is unbelievable. And we have to take Zach Wilson when we have a 23-year-old quarterback, you know, with some promise. Take a chance on the guy you already have and get fucking two, three first-round picks for this guy. Mm-hmm. I think is a no-brainer. Yeah, and the Panthers are QB hungry right now. They were all in on Stafford. There's talks about them getting wins. It seems like they want a quarterback really bad. So if you have the option to get the second-best player in the draft, not name Trevor Lawrence, you're going to do that. Now, a huge, huge take that I've been disagreeing with is by Todd McShay. He said that the Jets' factor on bringing back Darnold or not is the compensation they would have get they would get for Darnold. That is idiotic. The Jets are going to move back or stay with or take a pick based on what they'll get for the number two overall pick. It has nothing to do with what they get for Darnold. It's an unbelievable. His take is the Jets are going to call people for Darnold. If they only can get a three, then they're going to run it back with the next year. That's not how it works. The Jets are going to go after. All right, they're going to say, all right, do you want to take number two and trade back, or do we want Zach Wilson? Once that is made, Darnold is gone for a two and a five, for a one, 
for a three and a five. It, that is the fact they're after. I hate this narrative. And a guy like Tom McShay, who the, the new thing is hating Tom McShay and Mel Kuyper. Look, they have hundreds of hours of draft film, and, and I, I trust their judgment on a lot of things. But how can you be so stupid in this situation to think that the Jets are making their quarterback decision based on the package they get for Darnold in a trade? I tweeted about this. I, it's, it's, it's for the Jets to decide what if they're going to get like a late two or an early one for Sam. Like Todd McShay didn't even bring up the scenario that the Jets would trade down from two, which is why it's frustrating. He didn't even right. say it, which is clearly the two best scenarios are the Jets trade down from two as one camp and keep Sam or draft the guy at two as the other camp. Yeah. Not many people are saying stay at two and draft the guy. Yeah, I, I can't wait because we had a ton of unity in the offseason last year. Jets Twitter was rocking. Once, yeah. we were like, Darnold's the guy. Douglas is making movies. We got a young receiver in the draft. We got a franchise left tackle. Let's go. Healthy receiving core. Young How defense. people forget? How quickly? Crazy. But once we get back, once we figure out what we're doing at quarterback, thankfully we can get back to that spot. And the number one goal going into the season next year and every year in my mind for the Jets is you win your division. How cool would that be if the Jets can say, you know what, fuck this. The Bills have a better team. The Patriots and Dolphins, Dolphins have a better roster. Patriots I'm not afraid of anymore. If the Jets can, can actually build around this team, why can't the Jets win a wild card spot? Why can't they? I know the Bills are probably the foregone conclusion to win the division. Dolphins with Tua, not completely sold on him. I do give Tua respect for winning games. A lot of people look at his stats. Tua won games there, so I can't hate on Tua that much. But, geez, I'm really looking forward to this team and building around them. I can't wait for this season to get kicking. And we're very close, Mike. I plan my vacation around the NFL free agency. Dude, look, there is it's a new era of AFC East football. The Bills can be fantastic, and someone's going to win the division every year, but it's not ever going to be again like the Patriots, where the Bills win the division 20 years in a row. Never. It's Never gonna will happen. happen. It's going to be us at some point. And look, the Jets have... Oh, the Jets are in a, They have the assets. They have the leadership in place. They just have to make the right decision now with the quarterback. And look, you could, like either way the Jets go, if the Jets do end up drafting a quarterback at two, they still have a ton of assets to put around them. Maybe this guy will be insane. Maybe we're wrong. But... I'm going to go on a campaign on Jets Twitter and remind everyone how good Sam is. I tweeted the video yesterday of him throwing the touchdown to Berrios in the Colts game. Yeah. 500-plus likes. There's still people out 500 there. 500 likes. People forget like that the guy can do stuff. And the guy, Chris Anello, who's one of our best followers, made a great point. He said, think about all these guys. You know, that people always tweet the – the list of like quarterbacks eight, three years in who have like a lower QBR than Sam and like none of them end up being good except for Alex Smith. They mm-hmm. like Nanny always tweets that. And if you look at that list, show me a clip of Blaine Gabbert doing stuff that Sam did. You know, show me a clip. These pieces of shit guys who everyone compares it to didn't do anything. They don't have the ability. Sam has the ability. His decision making has been suspect. If you put him with a guy like this Mike LaFleur who runs the Shanahan offense, who people always say is he's going to add five percentage points to every quarterback's completion percentage. To make it make the game easier for Sam, get him out of the pocket. The guy can make all the throws. He's electric. He throws the ball with zip. He has the arm strength. He does all these things that Zach Wilson does. You know, people tweet out, oh, my God, Zach Wilson rolls out and throws a missile to it. You know, Sam can do that. He can literally do that. You already have the guy. He's 23. And there's a reason that we loved him. We loved Sam. We were all in. We were 100% in. There wasn't a doubt in our minds that this guy was going to be unbelievable. And he was bad last year. 
but there was a reason we loved him. We have to get back to that. We have to remember, and we have to not make rest decisions. The grass is not always greener on the other side. We we have our guy. Keep him. Yeah, I I I think Darnold with the a normal team, not even a great team like you put Mahomes team around him. I think with a normal team. Darnold's going to give you a top 15 quarterback play, top 18 quarterback play. I'm not saying he's going to be immediately a top seven quarterback because people do believe that if you put a really good team around him, he can be there. The problem they is you did, just, but they, now they don't. Yeah, they exactly. Did. They did. They don't. saw what they they saw what they they saw enough to think that most people, analysts, fans, everybody. Now you watch another year of Sam with the worst piece of shit coach who is trying to win games 17 to 14 and run the ball up the middle 22 times with Frank Gore. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah. And they watched that and Sam didn't look good, but they said, this guy is a piece of shit. Trade him. He sucks. No, he could do it. Hey. And, and what he needs to do first, and we, we, we could want him to be a game manager, whatever. I think he's more than that. I think that if you put him in the right offense, he needs – he just needs to get his confidence back, and then he could explode. I don't yeah, want top I, fifteen quarterback play. If Sam's absolute peak is top fifteen quarterback play, it's disappointing. Yeah. And, and I want top ten quarterback play. I want to unleash him. We always said unleash the guy. Do it. It hasn't been done. Try it. Yeah, I think the take of there's Sam Darnold, and then there's a rookie quarterback. We have to take the rookie quarterback because Sam's terrible. I think it's a very unfair take, and I think it lacks any evidence of it. Now, if you tell me, I acknowledge that Adam Gase sucks. I acknowledge that the Jets have failed him miserably. I personally have saw Zach Wilson play, and I think Zach Wilson is better than Sam Darnold. I think we should draft him at two. I think Sam Darnold should get traded and be better elsewhere. I have nothing against Sam. I think he can be really good in this league, but I don't think he's the best fit. That's an okay take, and I'm fine with it. I don't love that take either because the take that – I really I disagree with that take because again and I tweet this all the time. If you think that Sam's going to go somewhere else and be good, just do what needs to be done to make him good here because that is it. You have a good quarterback then in your in with that take. If you think like the guy Paul, so like in this take, I'm saying that that person thinks yeah. Zach Wilson is a higher ceiling than Sam Darnold. That's fine, the point but I still take. disagree with it. That's well, fine. okay, I agree. Okay, I disagree. Okay, if you, okay, if you I disagree with that, the take yes. of that. No, that's but fine. I'm that's fine. I'm saying it. That's fine because if you might as well get the better quarterback, fine. But the guy, Paul Riley, who's another great follower, he always talks about how he's seen Sam since college. How many years is that? Five, six years? And he thinks he's turnover prone. He doesn't think he's that good. He likes the guy. He's going to root for him. He doesn't think he's going to be a top 15 NFL quarterback ever. Fine. Mm-hmm. I get that. I, that makes sense to me because move on from him then. Take someone else. If you don't believe in the guy, take someone else. But if you think he's going to go to the Colts and the Colts are going to win 12 games, why not just keep fucking Sam? You know? Great point. We can't make the Colts roster. It's not that great. The fuck that their offense isn't that great. The offensive line is very good. We, we have the assets to fix it. Give me Joe Thune. Oh, I, I, want, I know. I want things to start moving. Once once falls, I think a lot of dominoes will fall. But Vince will probably go to the Colts. They'll probably trade him and Ertz together. I we are less than Ertz. We are exactly one month from legal tampering. Um, February is a quick March, month. March 15th. March 15th. Um, I took a week vacation before free agency so I can have a week off and then ha- go back to work and be like, oh, shit, we have free agency. So it's like a vacation anyway. So I'm very excited. I am like two, now I guess three work weeks away from vacation, free agency, and I can't fucking wait. You should come down to Miami. I know. I should. I should. We'll uh, talk about that after the pod, but we'll wrap up there. 
Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, don't forget to rate, comment, like, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, DM us with any questions. We'll bring anything up on the pod that you DM us. Mike, any final parting words? Look, the Jets are gonna. The Jets are in a good spot. They're gonna make the playoffs in the next couple of years. They're gonna win a yeah. Super Bowl in the next five years. I like they it. do the right things. I like uh, it. Well, thank you for listening. Fun. We'll talk.